0: This is Sports Radio 100.9, The myth. You've waited patiently all day. Oh, wait. They were patient. They didn't get rushed. But Great Lakes Bay region, we finally arrived at the payoff from high school. Oh, I saw a classic game. To college. Rivalry week, and this guy's talking about what they're going to put on helmets. To the pros. You need what kicker you trust, and right now the Lions don't have one. We cover everything a Michigan sports fan could want. This is uncharted territory. And now here they are. It's, it's the, the payoff. Pay we welcome you in on this wonderful Wednesday afternoon. Just Gorgeous weather outside right now for a fall day. And we're excited to get things started. We have this whole show planned out. We are going to give you guys your Michigan, your Michigan State. Just excited to talk about the quote-unquote rivalry game that's happening on Saturday. Have the whole show planned out. And then about 10 minutes before we go live, John, we had some Breaking news. <laughs> I mean, this is one of the nuttiest stories I've heard in a while. Uh, Detroit Tigers Academy in the Dominican Republic broken into by and robbed by armed thieves. What is going on down in uh, the Dominican Republic, John? Fourth
1: major league team to have this happen to. And luckily for the Tigers, they had a safe apparently in there that was not broken into by these felons. But... And it's apparently a new project that Detroit is building, new infrastructure and a new development system for their Dominican League players. But obviously, I guess word has gotten around to this specific group of felons that these MLB organizations are leaving their places open or at least leaving them without enough security where the Marlins, the Guardians, the Cardinals, who got it the worst, and the Tigers have all had break-ins,
0: which is insane. So right now they're investigating whether or not they're all interconnected, right? Yes. which you is have to figure wild.
1: maybe not the same people, but obviously the same communication going around.
0: Right. Well, one guy was arrested at the scene of uh, the Detroit break-in, four other guys on the loose. That, that is just a, a wild story I'm kind of fascinated by to, uh, to, to follow up on that one. That, we're not going to spend too much time talking about it. In fact, you already heard those, all, the entire story. What we're starting today's show with is someone who's currently changing the landscape of not only college football, but the NFL, and perhaps all sports in general. Caleb Williams, the consensus future number one overall pick. The question is, what year now? Because a report comes out in the last 24 hours that Caleb Williams, whatever team he's drafted to, he wants equity in the franchise. He wants part ownership in this franchise. Hell, Caleb Williams has already made it very clear. If there's a team that's drafting number one, and he doesn't want to go to that team, he might stick around college football and play a senior year under Lincoln Riley at USC, now in the Big Ten, because he can make enough money in NIL where it just might not matter. He's handpicking what he wants his career path to look like. We've never seen anything like this, John. And I guess this is just another step of NIL changing the landscape of how college athletics associate with professional sports.
1: I mean, this is what over the next couple of years, sports is going to evolve into with the NIL bursting onto the scene. And whether it's right or wrong is what we're going to get into. But players are going to feel that they should have more of an impact, not only in team decisions, which we've seen over the years with player general managers, not in actuality, but in belief behind the scenes. Probably the best example, LeBron James, who built up enough cachet where he feels he's the general manager of the Lakers, right. pretty much. Even and, though he's not technically, but he
0: is. And sticking with the NFL. We've seen Aaron Rodgers do that just in the past year. The you Jets gotta bring go- over these receivers. It's- you gotta hire Nathaniel Hackett. And by the yep. way, Aaron Rodgers asked for equity with the Jets as he went to the franchise, and they told him no. So why on earth should a rookie, not even a rookie, someone who hasn't entered the NFL draft yet, deserve any equity in in a franchise that's drafting him? You're putting your future into a 20-year-old and then giving him a share of your franchise? I
1: mean, this story comes out at a bad time for Williams because if he went up to South Bend, Indiana, and lit up the Fighting Irish, then... He has more leverage, you could say, regardless of how he performs, people think he's the top pick, but sort of the timing uh, doesn't work well. But that's how players, especially in the age of NIL, where they're now making money on the books, not off the books, not getting, you know, a an apartment or a car or a cheeseburger from somebody outside the organization who's a booster and it's off the books and off the record and then could be investigated into. Sounds this like a is,
0: slight jab at Jim Harbaugh, but continue.
1: It's NIL money that's coming through, and these players are going to feel, because they are the product on the field. Don't don't get it wrong. Across the nation, you know, okay, you need football players to play. That that That's what you need for, for the college product, and Caleb Williams understands the importance of this and other athletes, but he's willing to take a step forward where, listen, I know I'm the top pick. I know it's a loaded quarterback draft class, but I feel I'm a step above May or a step above uh, Phoenix, a a step above, or Penix, I should say, a a step above all those other guys. So I'm going to be the pioneer in this and try and get equity because I feel like that's what I want to do. This isn't, I mean, this specific case is obviously him being the pioneer, but if there was no Kurt Flood, the free agency in sports would would be holistically different. The MLB used to have complete rights to these players, and they still do in a way, and believe me, it still favors the ownership, but Kurt Flood giving the ability to, for players to have free agency and willing to go other places and not just being from trade traded from team to team, that, you need someone first to do that, right? That was Kurt Flood back in the day.
0: Right, and the NBA players did that back in the 60s when they sat yes. on the bench uh, right before an all-star game was about to be televised and went on strike, and it works. Like you, you can change sports by doing something like this, but here's the thing. When it comes to this Caleb Williams situation, is he really going to look a team in the eyes and say, nope, I'm going to pass on this NFL opportunity and play another year at college football because I can make more NIL money? Because here's the thing, John. He's evaluated to be making $2.6 million right now. And if he says he can make more in college football than the NFL... Well, that just might not be true because Bryce Young signed a $38 million guaranteed contract when he went number one overall this year. And Caleb Williams is a head and shoulders better prospect than Bryce Young. Caleb Williams is the best thing we've had since Andrew Luck. And before that, maybe John Elway. He is one of these transcendent guys. And for Caleb Williams to say, you know what, I can make more money in college. Well, right now, that's not, it's just not true. That's just a complete and utter lie if he's being evaluated at $2.6 million. And Ooh. maybe the evaluation's wrong, but here's where I'd argue mm-hmm. he might be onto to something. Even if he is lying about the money, maybe it's more of a pre-truth than a lie. Because think about this. What happens if a Heisman winner already comes back for his fourth year, his senior year, now in the Big Ten, On national TV every week against Michigan, Jim Harbaugh, Ohio State, UCLA. Think about the companies that would be running to this guy. This is the guy that just looked the NFL in the eyes and said, no thanks. He's gonna get more NIL deals because of that. He's gonna be the, he could be the first player to ever decline being drafted first overall to the NFL. And maybe that's the dumbest thing you've ever heard in your entire life. Maybe passing up on all that guaranteed money is is just a stupid decision. Because like I said, Bryce Young, $38 million guaranteed. If he goes somewhere, he's going to get more than that guaranteed ba- based on how good of a prospect he is. But if he can go back to college, because I mean, he's also made the point, I don't want to play for some of these teams that could be competing for the number one overall pick. At least his dad has been complaining about that. He's basically saying, ah, well, we have a list of teams that we are and aren't willing to play for. It's who has
1: the leverage in this situation right? And who has, if Williams wants to play in the NFL, which even say he does what the hypothetical of you just said, okay, he doesn't go out this year, returns to USC, they dominate the Big Ten, whatever. Every game that Williams plays, and this is why the leverage doesn't fall with him, Every game he plays for the rest of this season because he's already valued as the top pick because he's already, as you mentioned, this quarterback that's defining generations. Any game that he could potentially injure himself in is going to hurt his draft stock. Yeah, but bottom line. And he's got to take that risk. But to your point,
0: he's going to make money. All eyes would be on him.
1: And all eyes would be on him where he's maybe willing to take that risk. And it's money now and maybe money uh, you know, where somewhere he doesn't want to play is not worth it. We've also seen uh, players not wanting to go to specific teams before. That's not new in any sport. I mean, you go back to Dion in the 90s, not wanting to play for specific teams. He told them in the meetings, don't draft me. I know where you have your pick. Do not draft me. You look at Eli Manning, the, his dad, Archie, he knew what he went through with the New Orleans Saints. He was a quarterback for years who was always on the run. You watch his highlights back and you think he was a running back based on what he had to do behind what were putrid, terrible uh, New Orleans Saints teams. And he didn't want his son to go through that. And he felt his son was going to go through that if they went to the San Diego Chargers and then a trade was executed. So that's happened before. But a guy wanting equity, part of the share, going up against the owners, that's what Williams is preparing himself to do. And is it worth it? Is it worth it? When like you said, Ben, he's going to get whatever guaranteed, over thirty million dollars guaranteed, where yeah, he'll be a $40 dollars nice $40 guaranteed. He's gonna make some nice NL uh N I L money this year and maybe be one of the most top uh paid athletes in college sports. But, but if he returns not,
0: for a following year, but it's in not his NFL. Senior, money. But That's here's the, the thing, thing to John. See. We don't know. That's in good, his yeah. fourth and five, he comes back for his fourth season looking for another Heisman. We've never had anyone do this before. Just turn down an NFL opportunity. He wouldn't be the biggest star in college football in 2023. He might be the biggest college football star of all time. He'd be mm. the one that turned down the number 1 pick. So I, my question is this. If the Lions were in position to get that number one overall pick, would you even want to draft someone like that? Whether he, he you were on his list or not. Hey, let's 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 pretend this. Let's pretend the Lions weren't on his hypothetical list of teams that wanted to be drafted. He wanted to be drafted to. Would you still take him? He's this generational quarterback. The best thing we've had since maybe Elway. Who also declined. Uh told teams not to draft him number one, by the way. <laughs> but this Would is you old. even want this guy? 989 837 6125. Again, 989-837-6125. Is what he's doing right? Would you want him? Do you think he's there's any realistic chance he looks the NFL in the eyes and says, no thanks, I want to hear from everyone else? So one more time, 989-837-6125. We'll hit the text line when we return. You're listening to The Payoff on the all-new 100.9 FM presented by the Forward Corporation. The Mitt. Is he doing the right thing? Is Caleb Williams actually going to turn down an opportunity in the NFL? John, that's insane to me, yet... Five years ago, all this guaranteed money to the quarterbacks, that would have seemed ridiculous. Ten years ago, a $500 million contract for Patrick Mahomes would have seemed ridiculous. Fifteen years ago, college students being paid to play their sport was out of the question. So I ask you, John, is it semi-realistic that he just turns down the opportunity to go to the NFL this year, returns for his fourth season in college football, and is chasing another Heisman. All eyes on him. Maybe the biggest star in not just college sports, not just football, but maybe all sports.
1: I mean, it comes down to the equity issue. I think if he wants equity and wherever he's drafted into, whatever but, team decides to select him, he's not getting equity. But then, then I think he, then you go to the NFL, or or you stand by your morals, you go to USC. But he's not going to get that. Even if he goes to USC, gets all this NIL money. Right. You're not getting equity regardless. So, so then I think it's how much he values the NFL, which he has to, because unfortunately, uh, at least in his situation, in the college situation, the NCAA has rules and eligibility. Caleb Williams can't play there until he's 30, right? He's going to play until he's no longer eligible. If that's, (laughs) if that's the road he wants to take, there's a 30 year old kicker out there. No, I get it. But those, you know, some of it's based on COVID years and, 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 you know pausing your education and going abroad or taking a gap year and then coming back it's still and listen uh, to your point the rules haven't been as flexible as uh they've been like t- today is probably the most flexible it's ever been in the history of collegiate athletics but the goal of every player is to play in the NFL the owners hold all the power here with the equity and He's not getting this type of money from any other league, XFL, USFL, CFL, whoever you want to throw out there that may be, uh, you know, having spring football coming up later this year into 2024, but the NFL is King and the NFL is who he has to bow
0: down to. So if you're the Cardinals and you're not on this guy's magic list of teams he wants to go to and you get this first overall pick, if I'm the Cardinals GM, I call his bluff. Mm-hmm. I look him dead in the eyes if, he's in, if he enters his name into the draft portal but says, don't draft me. Not the draft portal, but the, the draft class. And he says, don't draft me, Arizona. I don't want to play for you. I call his bluff. I say, you know what, buddy? Sorry, you're coming to Arizona. And if he's still being a dirtbag, well, then you train him and cash in on two firsts, two seconds, and whatever QB the other team just drafted, all for a guy who's never played a snap in the NFL win-win. Everybody wins. Except you have to give up a haul to get this generational quarterback that we call Caleb Williams. Anyway, what some people also refer to as generational quarterback or more specifically the quarterback that all Michigan quarterbacks will be compared to going forward. Direct quote from Jim Harbaugh. The rivalry game is this Saturday. And I'm looking at this game The only way this game goes is Michigan blows this team out of the water, pulls their pants down, and pushes them over, or Michigan State pulls off history. Those are the only two options. Michigan's not going to win this close game. Michigan State's not going to blow out Michigan, duh. But is the biggest blowout in in the entire rivalry coming? Or is Michigan State going to make history? What's more likely? I'm going with Michigan just knocking the doors off this team. The biggest win in the last 20 years was 2002. Michigan number 15 won 49 to three. BJ Askew, the running back, ran it down Michigan State's throat, 150 yards, two touchdowns. John, is that more likely? Or is it more likely that Michigan State pulls off something historic in this rivalry and in college football? And I'll also ask the people, 989-837-6125, what's more likely?
1: Yeah, I mean, just looking at this game, and we're still a couple days away, obviously Wednesday, but the feeling right now is that, at least for me, and I think just the feeling of evaluators and analysts looking at this game, it's the number it is for a reason. Right, 24 points is what Michigan is favored by, or 24 and a half, I think, the last time we looked, and correct me if I'm wrong. but
0: It's 24 and a half.
1: 20, 20, there we go, right on the money. 24 and a half, and that's for Michigan going on the road in prime time. The only thing you can cling on to, in my opinion, as a Michigan State fan, the only thing you could really hold on to and say, okay, this program's falling apart, we have an interim head coach, and our head coach made us a national embarrassment again, but the only thing you could hold on to is just past years when Michigan State did pull up the upset. 1990. Uh, you know, a, a team, and in, in, in listen, there's been, in rivalry games, how it should go, even when there are lopsided spreads, and luckily this rivalry hasn't uh, had too many of those. Usually, both well, teams are very competitive, even if the final score is like that. But usually, at least, you know, the small sample size of when we were alive the last 10, 15 years, whatever you want to say, last 30 years, it's been relatively close games, but this field, this year it's just something different. It's, it's it's tough. Michigan State, we talked about this yesterday, have to play this like the big game, like the Super Bowl, because it is. Right. It's a team that's probably not going to a bowl. It's a team that's probably not even going to be close to finishing with a winning record this season, even though a win against Michigan obviously would help that case. But it's a team that should be playing for their season in a way.
0: This is it. John, if I'm Harlan Barnett, the Michigan State interim head coach who might be fired after this weekend, <laughs> I'm showing him. You think that really? Eh, maybe. What, would they just can him if they lose 60 nothing? It'd be something if they fired an interim head coach. <laughs> and then go to the second interim. Mark D'Antonio, you are the new Michigan State head coach for the second time. Woo, finish out the year. But if I'm, if, if I'm whoever's in charge of Michigan State, I don't know what role Mark D'Antonio actually has besides showing his face. But you have to be showing the video of 1990, the one-versus-no-one game. John, you know about the one-versus-no-one game? Because in this game, the number one team in the country, the Michigan Wolverines, hosted the Michigan State Spartans in the big house supposed to be an absolute blowout. I looked everywhere for the spread. I couldn't find it. But Gary Moeller, the Michigan head coach, wanted to win this game. For some reason, it came down to the last wire. Again, number one team in the country. And they went for two with six seconds left after they scored a touchdown. When they tried to get the two-point conversion, they threw it to Desmond Howard, who dropped the ball. There was clearly pass interference, but you know what? That's just scraped away from the history books. Michigan recovers the onside, attempts a Hail Mary, almost gets it, and fails. That right there was history, not just in this rivalry, but all of college football. The number one team in the country going down to their rivals, their unranked rivals at home? That's what you're hoping to do this Saturday if you're Michigan State. You're hoping to pull off something miraculous. You got four wide receivers. Whoa. Defensively, you got a blitz. Howard yeah, dropped it. He dropped He dropped it. Howard dropped it. Yeah, again, there was a clear pass interference that was uh, happened on that play. Desmond Howard, you know, tripped. But you know uh, what? We're, we're not going to talk about that. Had it right in his, right in the breadbasket. Yeah, uh, I'm over it at this point. <laughs> Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Only happened
1: 33 years ago. am glad you're over it. But. I don't know. I don't, Text in if you're
0: not over it still. <laughs> sure there's people out there. I'm sure there are. That's why. But for every opportunity, like, like it just goes to show, yeah, there, there is a shot. Like, as much as I bashed Michigan State all week long, they've got the tiniest 1% chance. Because miracles like that do happen in college football. And it's just so, it's so hard to actually say, you know what, they've got a shot, because this is the biggest talent discrepancy between these two schools since Jim Harbaugh has been here, and I just have such a hard time realistically saying Michigan State's even going to cover this game. But then you look at games like 1990, one versus the one, it happens, John, it happens from time to time.
1: And in a rivalry game, you better play it close. I mean, again, we're going to keep reiterating this point. We're going to talk about it tomorrow and then preview the game Friday. And, of course, it's going to be on our air, by the way. Sports Radio 100.9, the mid coverage will start at 6 p.m. for that 7.30 kickoff. So make sure you're here for that. We will be having the game from start to finish on our airwaves. But you just hope in a rivalry game that, that, that just something. I mean, you're you're basically you have nothing to lose if you you're Michigan hope. State. You You're not you have nothing to lose. You're wearing your black uniforms. You prime time, NBC. All you need you're gonna is be hope. You're you're one of the biggest games of the weekend because besides Penn State Ohio State, which is the game of the weekend, that's happening in Big Noon. You know Big Noon kickoff. That's gonna be at noon. So that game, even though all the eyeballs are gonna be on it, that's during the day. All the eyeballs at night. Are going to be, and I'm not just talking in state where they're obviously no matter what time they played it, even if it was 1 a.m., but across the country are probably going to be on this game. Play for your pride, really. Because that's where Michigan State is, and it's a team that's been ripped away of that pride. They're basically the laughing stock of college football this season.
0: Yeah. Forget, and I'm not just talking X's and O's. Forget the game plan. It doesn't matter. All you need to do is start praying and hoping <laughs> and finding a will deep within you. Game plan doesn't matter. I'm telling you that right now. Throw it out the window. Burn it on fire. Just pray and hope. That's the only way Michigan State's getting out of this. It's going to take a miracle. It's going to take more than scheming up on how to beat this Michigan team. Because you can't do that when you just have that big of a talent discrepancy between your school and the school you're playing. No scheme's going to work. They're better than you in every way, shape, or form across the board. 989-837-6125. Is this going to be a blowout? Or is Michigan State going to pull off history? What's more likely? 989 837 6125. You're listening to The Payoff on 100.9 FM. More of the Great Lakes Bay Region's only local sports show. Back to The Payoff. Michigan, Michigan State. Is it going to be a blowout like many are calling for, like the spread suggests? Or is Michigan State going to pull off history? For them to pull off history, they'd have to overcome a 24 point spread. John, in just the last four years, Michigan's been favored by over 20 points three times. And Michigan State did pull off a victory in 2020 during the COVID year. Does that year count? Eh, not really. Oh, Kind of erased from the history books.
1: Mickey Mouse season, huh? Well, we, we have to, by the way, that's this is different. a larger
0: point. That's different.
1: We have to declare as a society if if that year just even counts. Because all I hear is, oh, the Lakers title didn't count in 2020. Some people, you know, look at well, an asterisk at the Dodgers co- title, which I would disagree with. College sports were
0: dramatically changed more than professional sports, I would say. Okay. Like, what happened in college football that season? I have no explanation for it. Michigan was awful. Uh-huh. It's the only year under Jim Harbaugh that Michigan has just been god awful. Was, the, was that because everyone transferred? Half yeah. the people didn't even play; they just sat the year out and got their eligibility back the next year. And th- that year in college just didn't didn't count in my mind. Was
1: that the season that didn't play the last game? Michigan didn't play their last game. I'm trying yeah, to remember. Yeah, 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 yeah right. They <laughs> they just elected
0: to not play Ohio State. Yes, if those yes. two schools don't play that season, yes, that it's the a season, fake season doesn't count. But in the NBA, all that stuff, I think, I think that, that certainly counts. There was no disadvantage or advantage for any schools like there was in college. But that, that's so far beyond the point. Michigan State did, whether it counts or not, whatever, it's a different conversation. Michigan State did pull off the upset, 27-24. to 24. Michigan was favored by over 20 points in that. So it is possible. And honestly, I'm surprised the spread is only 24. Now, you can't track spreads. Really? Yes. Have you seen Michigan State play this season? <laughs> I have. Hey, they almost got the win against Rutgers. You can't track these lines or these, these spreads past basically like 2004, 2000. If you have a way of doing it, please let us know because I was trying to find out the spread on this one versus the one game. I was trying to find the spread on this 2002 game. Uh, what I do know is Michigan State has pulled off a ton of upsets before. What I do know is Michigan has covered these giant spreads as close as last year when they were 20-point spreads, or when it was a 20-and-a-half-point spread and Michigan won 29-7 to seven when they were fourth, number four in the nation. But this Michigan team just seems different. I suspect a blowout. So does Chris from Cow Cowlin. I've never heard of that, Pound, but he says. <laughs> All right, let's spell it out. Let's... Oh, hold on, let me read his text first. Okay. <laughs> he says, blowout. Time for little brother to realize they don't belong. Uh, He's right though. Look at I, I guess They're already
1: you, down so much. Well calling him little brother when they got an interim's interim. They,
0: do you, John, you're not from around here. You don't you don't understand the little brother thing.
1: <laughs> I don't. Educate me, wise man. Because I am uneducated, apparently.
0: He's, every single year, <laughs> Michigan State, it's their Super Bowl to play Michigan. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Michigan's thinking about Ohio State. Mm. They're a little bro. They're just a pest. That's what they are. And Chris from Kakowlin, <laughs> if that's a real town. I think it's in Bay oh. City. I think it is. I'm not I'm not from the area originally. But I, I do believe it is from Bay City.
1: Can we get a spelling?
0: I'll, I'll give him my head. K-A-W-K-A-W-L-I-N. We're we're uh, assaulting. A large majority of our listeners from this town right now.
1: Yeah, I'll go with what you're saying. But we got listeners everywhere. That's the
0: point. Exactly. But regardless, you look at this Michigan-Michigan State thing. You're trying to, like, if you're a Michigan fan, do you want to just blow this team out of the water? Do you want to pour salt in the wound? Or do you not? Do you want to not even acknowledge your little brother? You want to just beat him by 25, call it a day, just like it's another game. I said it yesterday. It's just another game for Michigan. There's no need to get all riled up, do something that's going to get your team in trouble. It's just another game. All season long, Michigan's went to opponent's stadium, hosted teams, and smacked them in the mouth. Blown teams out of the water. Asserted their dominance. No team has scored over 10 on this, this school. Michigan has scored 30 every single week. And this game should be no different. Michigan should show up, take care of business, go back to Ann Arbor, and get ready for their next game. Or do you want to just go absolutely nuts, embarrass Michigan State, put them at an all-time low, and then pound their ground, face into the ground even further? Chris wants to just blow them out. So I ask everyone once again. What do you want to do if you're a Michigan fan? And if you're a Michigan State fan, do you think you have a shot at this thing? 989-837-6125. That's a Frick's Sports Bar and Grill text line. John, you've been an advocate that Michigan State's going to keep this thing a little bit closer than people think.
1: I, I just, I mean, I would hope just based on, on you know, going to spend part of my Saturday, not part of my, it's basically Saturday night watching this, right? I, you got to play for something. You got to play for pride. And this is a program that's been just in the dumps based on a various amount of reasons. And no matter what year it is, uh, the main goal, and maybe this changes depending on the talent you have, but you know, college football coaches love to joke. It's it's what PJ Flex said when he came into Minnesota about Wisconsin, you can go, you know, 0-11, Owen 11 but if you win that game you have a job next year right like and that was his way of sort of just like you know making the joke and emphasizing that he knew the importance of the rivalry.
0: PJ Fleck's also an idiot. All
1: right. Well, Michigan stand by <laughs> just going going after my boy Fleck. Why uh, is he your boy? I don't know. I I like the whole thing. He philosophy. makes his
0: players stand up when he enters the room. That's n- anyway.
1: Anyway. Is is that a confirmed fact? There was
0: a lot of reports about it uh, going but, into the but, season. But
1: anyway, my point is for Michigan State, this this is your game, and and you are right. Where Michigan, not maybe looking past it, a hundred percent, but they got bigger fish to fry. They have Penn State, they have Ohio State coming up. You got to play for something. But- you got you got to play for your state. You got to play for your pride at this point, because again, everyone, you're, you're the laughing stock of the league. I mean, people, you're wearing black on Saturday, and people are making jokes that it's going to be your funeral.
0: Yeah, your own that can't, your that, own fans.
1: That that can't feel great. And you're playing, and, and there is something to this in the game of football. And, and, it, and, again, it may feel like we're pulling at straws here or grabbing at straws. It's because we are, if, if you're looking at it from a Michigan State perspective. And that's what their fan, fan base is doing. It's what uh, people in the community are doing that are Spartan fans because that's how low this program has brought them. But you have to have, again, some feeling that, all right, everyone is against you right? Your head, your head coach, your fans, your, 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 your head coach, you know, left cause, cause of undisciplined uh, business. Your your that's your a fans, nice way to put your it. Fa- well, it's the nicest way I'm going to put it, uh, <laughs> that I can't put it in the moment, right? He lacked sure. discipline. Your fan, your fan base just doesn't care anymore. And, 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 they and they're looking forward to basketball season. They're looking at the big 10 preseason poll for basketball and are like, Oh, you know, maybe we're better than Purdue this and that that's where they are in mid October. Right. I mean that's it's not sad. an exaggeration. It's sad. So everything's against you. That's got to be a motivating factor. It's got to be. And, I, I, and again, it's away from the X's and O's, but you have everyone against you in a way. And if and and that's what you have to believe. That's what the best athletes do. Across the country, the best programs find bulletin board fodder, right? Like Nick Saban for years. People have talked about how, oh yeah, he just makes up stuff. He he finds you know an article out of context and he puts it on and he tells his team about it. You don't have to make that up if you're Michigan State. You just got to open Twitter, or you just got to open X, or you just got to go on Reddit, or you just got to go on the Mint and listen. Or go outside
0: and see what your classmates are saying about you.
1: Everyone's bashing you, you know? So if that's not a motivating factor enough. And I think in a rivalry, you know, again, I'm not going to reveal my pick. That's what tomorrow is for, and we'll tease it a little, but... That is, uh, I, I, you have to just play for something if you're Michigan State. And this is your rivalry game. This is your
0: big game. There is no bowl. There is no tomorrow. And that's how they have to view it. And, John, I, I have one problem with what you said. And I have a problem with the way I've been saying it, too. I've been calling for a blowout. I've, you said Michigan has bigger fish to fry. I said it's just another game. And while I do feel that way, feeling that way, thinking that way, has got Michigan in trouble In the past, there's been a lot of upsets. It feels like most of the time, Michigan State's knocking off Michigan. It's because Michigan was thinking about Ohio State. It's because Michigan was thinking about Penn State. You'll get 2017 when Michigan State won 14 to 10 in the Mud Bowl. They can just, they have the ability to rise to the occasion in these Michigan, Michigan State games in an unprecedented way almost every single season Michigan State plays their best game against this Wolverine team so they they get up for the occasion Michigan a lot of times they just overlook it and it goes back to the big brother little brother thing you're just trying to shoo away your little brother for a while and they get so pesky that you just want them gone and then one day big brother starts hitting the gym starts getting in the weight room and all of a sudden they catch you off guard and they beat you and you're embarrassed about it That's happened in the past. It happened in 2021. It happened in 2020. Happened in 2017. 15, 14. It just happens. So you can't completely overlook this team. And while Blake Corum said in his little press conference, oh, we're taking it like a rivalry, he proceeded to follow it up. Yeah, we're just going to show up and take care of business, go back home, and keep thinking about Ohio State and a national championship is that concerning at all to you as a Michigan? I know you're not a Michigan fan, John, but like, d- does that attitude concern you?
1: It's how they feel. I, I mean, you can't knock it right now because based on what they've uh, what they've done so far, and okay, they played cupcakes and they really haven't played anybody, but if that's been their mindset all season long, you can't complain about what's been one of the most dominant teams in college football. I, I, I think it is, they know the importance, but it's also just, we're not going to, you know, and and it was in more relation to, you know, the the pregame scrum that happened last year and all the drama with that.
0: There's a pregame it's, scrum every year in this game. <laughs> it's
1: it's it's not top of mind. It's not. It, they're just going to go out and play their play their way. And and I I, I you know I I talked about that bulletin board uh, bulletin board mentality. That's what Michigan State needs to bring. Michigan can't overthink this. They just have to play like they play against Indiana. Play like they played against Minnesota. And the results speak for themselves.
0: Texts are flying in. We'll hit them at the Frick Sports Bar and Grill. I, I also line. want to
1: hear Ben who you want to who you would want to see in Penn State Ohio State. Who I
0: who I, you, who who you I want, want
1: to win? Who you want to win? An ideal scenario because that's where the eyeballs are going to be this weekend. I t- I talked about it earlier in the segment. That I mean that's the game at noon. That that's the game to watch if you're a, a Michigan fan specifically. You're going to be seeing. All right, where does this conference lie? Who's the big big team? Because you got to play Penn State at Penn State, and then, of course, host the Buckeyes in the big house.
0: I'll tell you who I think, but first, let's hit the text line at the Frick Sports Bar and Grill text line, 989-837-6125. Again, that's 989-837-6125. That's on the other side of this short break. You're listening to The Payoff on the all-new 100.9 FM, presented by the Forward Corporation. John, you asked uh, who I want to win, Michigan. Or, excuse me, Penn State or Ohio State? C. I think the answer is I want Ohio State to win mm. because as someone who roots for Michigan, yes, I actually want my rivalry games to be meaningful, be close. Mm. It won't be meaningful with a one-loss Ohio State. Well, not as meaningful. Mm. I want everything on the line. Give me number three Ohio State versus number two Michigan. Mm. Why not? And if Penn State loses to Ohio, like if Ohio State just waxes Penn State off the face of the planet, Penn State probably self-implodes. Ohio State will get up for the Michigan game no matter what. So that's probably, I'd probably say what I'm rooting for, for a Michigan, from a Michigan standpoint, is Ohio State. Because I know they can beat Ohio State. Really, Penn State blows Ohio State off the face of the earth, yeah, then I'm a little worried about Penn State. I'm a little worried about what Penn State can do, because then it's all of a sudden their when they play Michigan, it's oh this is the game. This punches our ticket to a playoffs. Then they're getting up because that's the biggest game that team has maybe ever played. So yeah, I'm rooting for uh for the Ohio State Buckeyes, unfortunately wow. on Saturday. And,
1: but and remember too, Michigan has to go to Happy Valley. Yeah, but it's a new, it's a Buckeyes.
0: noon game. They, that stadium's not the same when it's not mm. at night. Let's hit the text line, Mike. This is the MSU Super Bowl. D'Antonio will be more involved in this game than any other. They will put up every trick play they can. I still think Michigan wins by double digits. Not sure that they cover the spread, though. Okay, that's Wait, fair. D'Antoni's going to be involved? What do you mean? He? I mean, he just sits on the sideline with a clipboard. So
1: he Mike's saying that D'Antoni's going to be involved in Michigan State's game plan.
0: This right. Moment. So this week, instead of sitting on the sideline and holding a clipboard, he'll sit on the sideline, hold a hold a clipboard, and you know, like have some words to say to the players, like, ah, oh, screw you, screw this team.
1: But he's not. But it, is Mike inferring that he thinks he's going to call plays, trick plays?
0: I hope not.
1: Read keep Antonio, is that, is Keep D'Antonio
0: as far away from this team as possible. Don't let him take on a, a leadership role. You're moving backwards if you do that. If this guy is still a part of your team next year, you have moved backwards. He said, D'Antonio will be more involved in this game than any other. Uh, uh-huh. I don't think so.
1: Yeah, I was, I, that, that's my quote. Because if he, like, maybe he is. Maybe Mike has, like, is he? I mean, you have an interim coach.
0: Who's going to be is, fired. Is D'Antoni
1: going to put installments into the playbook?
0: Well, if he is, it's just going to be runs <laughs> up the middle would, and you're getting stuffed. Cause that'd be something. I mean, I already told you. The game plan doesn't matter. All right. You gotta dig deep. You gotta if dig you're gonna deep. win this game, it's gotta be a little trickeration. I guess. Trick plays, heart, hope. Get on your hands and knees and pray on the sideline, then at halftime and before the game and in between the quarters. All you need all of it. I don't know. I, you need I a re- miracle and more. I remember D'Antonio with
1: the fake field goal against Notre Dame, probably what, twenty fifteen with Cook.
0: Yeah, we all, remember it. <laughs> we
1: all maybe, remember it. Maybe you're gonna see some of that if he's involved, like Mike says.
0: All righty, all righty, John. <laughs> yeah, these Red Wings—they're off to a really Dude, good start on the season.
1: I—they are. I tonight, if you don't know, at Little Caesars Arena, or as our man Brad Tunney likes to call it, the LCA. Uh, They—the which <laughs> I've very, never heard before. The LCA. Uh, the LCA. They uh, so at the LCA, seven thirty tonight. TNT. This is a nationally televised game. Penguins and Red Wings. I bring this up, and I know it's fourteen years ago. The 08-09 Cups, of course, between these two teams back when the Red Wings were in the Western Conference. The crazy thing about tonight, the 20-year-old Evgeny Malkin and the 20-year-old Sydney Crosby that were in that Stanley Cup, that won their first cup and then lost to Detroit, they're still playing. <laughs> they're still the captain and assistant captain, the alternate <laughs> captain, all these years later. It's crazy. This is still the Pittsburgh Penguins' core, and this is still, at least through the first three games, again, maybe a little early to tell who's going to be the formidable foe in the NHL for what's going to be the season. But right now, yeah, Pittsburgh's good. They're two and one. But Detroit is also two and one. With
0: and two ben, very impressive wins. Two
1: very good wins. Now, listen, I think Columbus is going to finish bottom of the standings, but Columbus took down my Rangers, and the Rangers have looked good. That's their only loss to Columbus. You were at Columbus, and you dominated. Reimer had a shutout. And I'm going to throw out this question to you, Ben, and this is a layup. Oh, God. If it, Don't say, oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I'm, it's a layup. It's, it's to anyone out there, too. If I were to tell you, okay, in an ideal scenario, in the perfect world of the Detroit Red Wings, what they would want, what, if you're Steve Eiserman, you wanted, who would be your two leading point getters coming into this season? Debrinkit and Larkin. Debrinkit and I'll give, I'll give you it Debrinkit and Comfer. JT Comfort, the two guys that you went would have. Why would I not fought. allow
0: Larkin to well, score the most goals?
1: Larkin has, has scored goals. I'm talking about points. Larkin does have a goal, but... Yeah, well, why would I not want Larkin to score the more points? my point is... My point is that DeBrinket and Comfer weren't on the team last year. And you brought those in. Those were your big skill position plays. Because Larkin's going to get his. He's already gotten his. He's got three points in the first three games. He's always going to be a presence. DeBrinket and Comfer are your two leading point-getters. DeBrinket has three goals in his first three games. A goal a game right now. Five points. And then JT Comfer, who you bring on as this second-line center... He's been terrific. He's been meshing well. I mean, Comfort made a play in that Columbus game. It was, you know, the Blue Jackets trying to clear it out of the zone, a weak backhand through the middle of the ice, which, you know, hockey 101, that's not going to work. Comfort cuts back, surprises Columbus, takes it, and then sets up a goal. This team is gelling with chemistry. It's It's been really impressive. And I told you, we, you know, Brad told you, Ben told you, I told you, beginning of this season, the main thing, the main sticking post, the, the thing you were going to look at for this Red Wings team was, all right, where is the chemistry going to be with the new guys? After three games, granted, a small sample size, but after three games, the Brinkin and Comfer are making contributions all over the place. Yeah, I think And it- Gothispear has been great, and Larkin, I know, okay, yeah, you Larkin is your stud. Three points through three games. That's what a, a guy is supposed to do. That's what Larkin has done.
0: But Larkin's also shot more than anybody else on the team. He has, he has 18 he has. shot attempts But he's getting season. set up.
1: He's getting set up by Dabrinkit.
0: Right. Who's on his line. Right. And it's less so that they're two and one and more so who they beat and how they've done it. Yep. I mean, it's not easy to play Tampa Bay and win six to four. That, that's a lot of goals. It's not easy to take on Columbus and win four to zero, a shutout. Reimer's. The, the third goalie in NHL history to have a shot out on their debut wow i mean you were you were debuted tr- a team yeah. yeah? yeah yeah you were you were killing this guy you were like oh this guy's too old to be ready. I, I, I did this and I was too old I'll, to I'll be goalie.
1: i didn't think he was i didn't think he still had it i i, I mean I knew he was going to be all right a, a an okay backup, but I didn't I didn't think I thought there was better backup options out there, but he looked really strong, made a couple of crucial diving stops early in that first period where Detroit sort of stumbled out of the opening gate against Columbus. They weren't too smooth in that first period. Reimer kept them in, and then the second period they just dominated from there. But yeah, this this Red Wings team has excited me. Uh you look at tonight. It's still early, so I'm not going to blow this game out of a portion. Not let's by do any it. Means. Screw it.
0: Well, you can. If they win this game, they're going <laughs> to cup.
1: <laughs> but this is where you make a, a national statement. We talked about a week ago on the program how the Red Wings aren't considered by any national writer or any national media outlet that covers hockey into this season as having really any legitimate postseason expectations. Bottom ten team, maybe. Maybe if Buffalo isn't good, they could sneak in and get that last playoff spot, but that was the ceiling. And we even said on this show, and I've said it and I still believe it, I still think the ceiling, the realistic expectation is sneaking in as a wildcard team. Sure, It's not going to be a top three team in the Atlantic. It's too tough. It's Boston, it's Tampa, it's Florida. It's, it's too tough. But, and that's
0: fine. I'm not asking to no. win the division. I'm just asking at the end of the season, can yeah. we be playing meaningful hockey games that I'm actually interested in?
1: Yeah, and, and tonight, one of the rare instances that the Red Wings are on national TV, and this is a night too, not where it's like, okay, it's national TV, it's on a streaming service. There's only two games in the NHL tonight. And the only game in the 7 o'clock window is Detroit versus Pittsburgh. National eyeballs are going to be on this game. This is where you make an early statement to the league. Like, listen, the the power we brought in to brink it, Comfort, Gotha, Spears, having uh, you know, is 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 revitalized. Daniel Sprong has come along really well. This team's for real. This is where you do it against a Pittsburgh Penguins team that is good. That's probably going to be in contention for a playoff spot, not the top of the Metropolitan, but maybe in that wild card uh spot, those last two positions. So, th- this is where you make a statement. And again, it's not the be all, end all. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to promote it as such. It's not like it's on our airwaves or anything. <laughs> it's it's we're, we're not going to, you know, tell you it's it's a, it's a, you know, Eastern Conference final preview by any means. I will. But this is <laughs> you could do that, Ben. But but this is where you know, you make a statement to the league like, yeah, no, 2 and 1 w- wasn't a fluke. This is every eyeball's on us, national TV, and this team has has played well. And it tells you what skill does too, because in a game against Tampa Bay that I'd argue still has still more skill than Detroit, but at your home arena, we're able to outduel them. I mean, Stamkos had two goals. He looked great. And there was, you know, you got to see in full force what Tampa Bay could do to you. Cause the, the Red Wings had a two on O got a stop from Tampa. And then they went down the field and, just, uh, excuse me, went down the rink and picked you apart and got a goal on, on pretty much coast to coast and just reversed a two on O into a goal for Tampa. That's how good that team is. But you outlasted them at home. You beat. You put the pedal to the metal at home and did what you had to do, and I'm excited to watch this game tonight.
0: You've got the Penguins, 7.30 tonight. You're on the road at Ottawa. A little bit of a reignite, reignition of a rivalry there from last year. You also have the factor that that's the team we traded to get Alex to bring it with. Mm-hmm. A little rivalry there. Little rivalry Saturday with Michigan, Michigan State. Also, Uh a little rivalry on Friday. You're going to be Dow. Is it at Dow or at Midland? So, what's cool
1: about this matchup, Ben? It's at the same place every year. Midland Community Stadium, which is just down the road. Great venue. I I I texted Brad after I called. I think the second game of our high school slate every Friday night. uh, The high school football game of the week presented by the Forward Corporation. There you go. Pat yourself on the back. (laughs) The I was like, man, they should they should put the Super Bowl here. I was impressed. It's like nine thousand capacity at Midland Community Stadium. Nice press box. There was a food spread, and I don't know. I, I want to give the credit. I'll, I'll make sure to get the credit so I can deliver it on Monday. There was some catering service, and it was like Chipotle. It was you brought in. You had you know the the meats, what? the cheeses. Yeah, and I just at halftime went to, went to town. Went nuts on it. It, it was great. It was the best. It was definitely the best spread I've ever had at a high school stadium
0: what's more likely this stadium hosts a super bowl or london actually hosts a super bowl <laughs> i would say I think it's the midland stadium. community stadium yeah, Roger no. goodell we've had talks of hosting the super bowl in london yeah okay those talks went five seconds and it went like this do we ever want to host a super bowl in london no end of conversation <laughs> sorry london it's just, like uh, i don't know what to tell you it's it's never going over well,
1: my. we got quite a program tomorrow. We got NFL picks. Brad Tunney's back in the fold. Further in depth on Michigan,
0: Michigan State. He's and, been avoiding us. And
1: maybe, maybe I get a minute or two a uh, reaction to the Red Wings. Who knows? It's gonna I'm, be I'm a having fun, day. fun with them.
0: It's gonna be a fun day. I'll keep dominating the uh, the NFL picks. John will keep suggesting that you lose money on Sundays. We're gonna have fun regardless. So make sure you tune back in tomorrow. We also can't believe I almost forgot this got a giveaway tomorrow, so make sure you're listening. Be ready to text in at the Frick Sports Bar and Grill text line, 989-837-6125. Save it in your phone, 100.9 The Mitts. We want to be a contact there so you can get to us at any time. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. Thanks for listening, everybody.